0: It's the Stinking Truth podcast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome in the Stinking Truth podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schlereth, alongside my co-host Mike Evans, Millennial Ben, producing the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Bet Rivers. Uh, check them out, betrivers.com. Download the app. They do a phenomenal job. They are great. That's Bet Rivers. Um, I tell you what, love them.
1: They're awesome. So, anyhow, Mike, how are you, buddy? Man, I'm great. Uh, ever since the Super Bowl ended in in February, we were already looking ahead to the next season. Months and months later, here we are. I know. You know, there's not going to
0: be another weekend without professional football until what, February, right? Yep. I'm like, how glorious. good is that? Glorious. It is glorious. And you're ready for kickoff? I mean, the opening week, I tell you what, man, Hope Springs Eternal. Opening weekend is awesome, right? Because guess what? If a few things fall your way, even if you're a crappy team, there's parody in the NFL. You know, the guy has one of those
1: outlier years where he's just incredible. Who knows what could happen to you? Avoid injuries, all that kind of right. thing. Are we going to see a different for all of us who just plop down on our cou- couches with a cold one and nachos and and wings? Will the will the games maybe not look different, but will they be played differently this year?
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's a. I think it's a great question. I think. You look at what transpired last year. Now, I thought the television product looked tremendous. Like, I didn't even notice there weren't fans in the stands. And I've said this many times. In all the imperfections, it was perfect. Um, How many times was I in the booth calling a game on Fox where all of a sudden fourth quarter rolls around and we go to a TV timeout and I take off my headphones and I look around and go, there's not a single soul in this stadium. Like, it felt crazy to me. Absolutely insane. And so I don't know, I just thought it was I just thought it was a really cool thing that they did such a good job because you know when you're in the booth, you have your headphones on and, and the actual crowd noise, they were pumping it in from previous games the, 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 the or from games of the previous season. So it always it sounded like there were people in the stands. So like to me, there was not really any difference. And um, the, the guys, the sound guys did a great job of mixing and all that stuff, but there were significant differences in the way the game was played. So you go on the road in the NFL, and this is one of the ways you find out if you're a good team or not, you go on the road in the NFL and you win on the road. I don't care who you're playing. You could be playing the blind sisters, the poor, it's a, it's hard, man. It's hard to win on the road and, and think about it from an offensive perspective, Right? Not the defensive perspective, because the defensive perspective, you're on the road, it's quiet. The home team is being quiet for its offense. So you can communicate, you can yell at one another, you can talk to one another, like you can get all your calls across. Like there is no, there should be no reason you should have assignment errors from a lack of communication standpoint on the defensive side of the ball on the road. It's much easier on the road. Your whole playbook is open to you. When you're an offense, Mike, depending on field position and everywhere you go, man, you start scrap piling stuff. You just start scrapping. Like, hey, we're coming out at the own 20. Okay, that's 25% of our playbook we have to eliminate. Hey, man, you're going on the road in Kansas City where the crowd noise is going on and it's nasty. Hey, there's 35%, 40% of your playbook that you scrap. Hey, we can't throw seven. St- you go against on the road against elite pass rushing teams. Man, we we scrap pile every seven-step drop. You know, the five-step drops, we eliminate the ones with two hitches. You can have five-step, throw it right on your fifth step, or one hitch, you know, moving up in the pocket once. That's it. Like, other than that, you got to scrap pile the two-hitch, five-step throws. You can throw three-steppers and five-steppers that are out quickly. And as an offensive line, you better know. I got to know which ones I've got, which ones I don't have, right? And then it's hard to get off on the ball. The one thing I always say about offense is the rhythm of snap count is incredibly important. I think the average fan doesn't realize how much we use snap count to our advantage and how much all of us are offsides, but we're all off together, so it never gets called. I'm always offsides. If the ball is snapped on two, I'm off on one and a quarter. And everybody is. You better be because it's our advantage and we use it that way. So now all of a sudden you get the crowd noise going again and you can't hear the quarterback. And now you're trying to time the rhythm of that play and you get a backup quarterback or your quarterback doesn't have a great sense of rhythm. Guess what? How many pre-snap penalties will there be because of, of crowd noise and because of lack of rhythm on the offensive side of the ball? It is one of the most important things to an offense that never gets talked about. The rhythm of our offense. I, I, and and then from the holding call standpoint, man, I was in the meetings last year when they were like, hey, man, we're eliminating. If if holding on the backside, we don't think it really affects the play, don't call it. I was in that meeting. Like, hey, we're going to we're gonna eliminate some of these calls because offensively, we haven't had a chance to practice OTAs because of the pandemic and everything else. So we're going to eliminate a lot of these calls. Are those calls coming back? Are you going to call it more tightly? Is the competition committee said, hey, man, this is unfair to the defensive players. So, like, all these things come up, and you start to think about how the game might look different. It may be significantly different, Mike, just from that standpoint alone. So, all of a sudden, I mean, you had an all-time low in holding calls. You had an all-time high in offensive production. You had the highest completion percentage in the history of the NFL, the most touchdowns ever thrown in the history of the NFL. It's coming back down.
1: has to be. Some kind of market correction, right? I don't know to what
0: degree, right? But it's
1: coming back down. Yeah, has to be. All right, well, let's get into the the league, the conferences, because to me, I, I see wide open conferences. I, I don't see any surefire teams that will end up making it. and and yes, I mean Kansas City too, by the way. And I know Kansas City's been to the last two Super Bowls. They've won one. But, but you certainly don't think Kansas City is going to slump off no, and, and not no, no, be good. No, 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 I, no. I believe they'll win their, their division. Okay. They'll be one of the top teams. But as far as just inking them back into the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Because, you know, you look at the history of the NFL, history of the Super Bowls, 55 of them. Only twice can you find examples of teams that lost in the Super Bowl one year and come back and won that Super Bowl the next year. Miami, very early on, mm-hmm. their undefeated season. And uh, New England a few years ago where they lost to Nick Foles in Philly and then came back the next year and beat the Rams. That's it. Right. It's it. You know, you would think it's the team that won the Super Bowl that would have the difficulty coming back that the next year. would get fat and happy, right? It's the team that lost. It's not the fat and complacent factor for the winner. It's the hangover effect for the loser. Yeah, how many
0: teams – I wonder how many teams – I'm not asking you to look this up. How many teams – have lost the Super Bowl and gotten back to the Super Bowl only to lose again. I would imagine there was. I would imagine there's a lot of teams that have just gotten back to the Super Bowl. I mean, getting back to the Super Bowl's hard. I mean, we 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 know right now there's four in just the Buffalo Bills alone, right? So uh, we know it's happened more than the two times somebody's come back and won it. It's happened at least four times. Um, you know, if you think about just getting back to the Super Bowl, so there's four, there's six out of the fifty-five right there with the two teams you just mentioned, and I'm sure there's a handful of other teams that have lost the Super Bowl and gotten back, at least gotten back to the Super Bowl. So, um, anyhow, I, I, I mean, it, it happens. I understand that it's hard to do. I mean, just getting to the Super Bowl is hard to do. But Kansas City, like, I think the thing that 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 Kansas City did probably better than anybody else. Is in the off season really understood what their weakness was and really revamped it, and I don't know. I mean, preseason football is kind of hard to watch. You know, there's not there's not a lot to it, but I do pay attention to teams I'm going to call. Right, so I paid attention to Giants. I watched you know all their preseason games. Paid a little attention to Philly and some of the in San Francisco. Some of the other teams I'm going to call. Um, and I, I I just. Happened to catch some Kansas City because they're in Denver's division, and you and I live in Denver. We do a show in Denver. We love you know Denver, Colorado, and we're we're Broncos guys. So, a bottom line is I watched them completely get destroyed in the Super Bowl because they lost their starting right tackle, they lost their starting left tackle, they didn't have adequate replacements, and there was a there was a ton of what I call football hubris from Andy Reid, like. Uh, there are no icebergs in this water, full steam ahead. We're not gonna run the ball, even though we average seven yards a carry running the ball. We're just not gonna do it. And it cost you, I mean, it caught you got your ass whipped. That's what it comes down to. And so, and you scored nine points. You got beat 30, whatever to nine. Um, they attacked their offensive line issues. And I tell you what, I watched them play in the preseason. They got a rookie center, they got a rookie guard. They've got a, a a right tackle that they were really high on that I think opted out for COVID last year in Nang. And they went out and got um, Brown from from the Ravens. Like, you want and Tooney, they side as a free agent. They are loaded. And I watched them come off the ball. I watched them establish themselves. They're going to be fine. I think I think Kansas City is right there at the top of the heap once again with what they did to revamp their roster on the offensive line and then obviously – um, you know, you got a unicorn playing quarterback. You buy all the Buffalo hype. I do. Buffalo's a great. Buffalo's a great team. Buffalo's got all kinds of talent. Like Mike, the one thing that I have, and I called a Buffalo game last year where they completely dismantled the Broncos in in Denver. I mean, they forty one to nineteen or something like that. I mean, it was a
1: they could have put up seventy. That
0: yeah, day. it was. But their talent, like when you think of Buffalo, you think of the weather. You think of a team that's got to run the ball. You think of... Like they have gone from running the ball with their quarterback, grooming him, slowly coming along to being a four-wide spread offense, and he is—he's legit. Josh Allen's legit. There's a reason they paid him; he's that good. I think defensively they're outstanding. The one—the one caveat I'll have with that is I don't think that they have, and I haven't watched any of them this preseason, but they just last year they're. Achilles' heel on defense is they didn't have one legitimate edge passer. They've got a bunch of really good defensive linemen. They've got good linebackers. I mean, they can play. They didn't have one edge presence guy where you have to say when you break the huddle, where's that dude? You know, where's number 91 or number 55 or whatever his number is, and how are we going to block him? They don't have that guy. So at any time in critical situations, you don't feel too bad about going 5-0 across the board and saying, hey, our five got your five, let's roll. You, you feel like you're going to hold up. And that would be the one, the one caveat I would have about their defense. But I think they're, in ta- they're incredibly talented. I think they're exceptionally well coached by Sean McDermott. And I just think they have this great work ethic attitude that I love
1: watching. All right, so let's say you put Kansas City in Buffalo – at that that top tier of the AFC. Then to me it's an intriguing second tier made up of teams that it wouldn't surprise me if we saw them in the AFC championship game. And I'll put uh I'll put uh, uh Cleveland, I'll put the Patriots, the Chargers, and the Ravens and Steelers. Yeah. All in that group. Yeah. Um and 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 then whoever wins the 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 south, uh Tennessee or or Indy, let's say, okay. Yeah. So that's about a half a dozen teams i put really kind of all in a pool together in that second tier. I'll listen to arguments for Miami mm-hmm. or, you know, Denver, you know, teams like that, but those are kind of the the 6 teams. Any of those teams that you could point to and say instantly, that's a sleeper to not only get to an AFC Championship game, maybe even win an AFC right. Championship game.
0: I think that Tennessee, not that anybody wants to see them in the Super Bowl, but I think that Tennessee is that team. I think Vrabel has done a great job transitioning from player to assistant coach to D coordinator to head coach. I think he's done a a phenomenal job in that. I think Tannehill, the way they use Tannehill is intriguing to me because they still use enough RPO and his athleticism on the edge to threaten a defense. And I think what he does, it's very subtle, but it really opens up their running game for King Henry. And let me just say that that offensive line is as physical a group as there is in football. Roger Saffold's a guy I love watching. Um, the right guard has come in from a small school. I can't remember his name offhand. I think it's Davis, but that dude, that dude, absolutely. Thunder punches dudes in the face. I mean, it's unbelievable. So I think they, I think they're really good that way. I think the addition of Julio Jones, and if we're using, you know, we started the show saying, hey, injuries, all things being equal, if you, if Julio Jones can be ninety percent of what he normally is, coupled with the other guys they have on that roster, um, AJ Brown, and I'm telling you. Julio Jones sets a standard. Like I've been I've done a lot of Atlanta games, so I've been to a bunch of Friday practices. Julio Jones runs like every route he runs his life depends upon it. I mean, it's a Friday practice and he's a tone setter and he's there's no diva in him. Like there and he sets a tone that everybody else has to kind of jump on board with. So, like, if he is 90% of what he normally is, they're, it just enhances their run game. And listen, I'm not even talking about their defense. They're going to possess the ball, con- just churn first downs, have enough power that their defense should theoretically be fresh. I think they're a bit of a sleeper.
1: Okay, now, switching over to the NFC. The NFC, I think, is maybe even more fascinating than the AFC. Because at least with the AFC, I see... That top tier of two teams. Right. Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I see the NFC as just one giant mosh pit of six six or seven teams throw a dart at them as to who could end up being the best. I mean, I'm talking about Tampa, Green Bay, San Francisco, the Rams, uh, Seattle. Uh, I, I mean, who, who stands out?
0: Yeah, I mean, it. it you're 100 percent right. It's like there are so many good teams when you look at the way they're structured, um, and I think that I think that in the NFC, you know, Tampa returns, 23 starters if you include you know Antonio Brown. I mean, it's it is. I've never seen anything like it in a league that churns over its roster by 30, 35 percent a year. Like I, I've I've got Giants Denver weekend one, and I'm watching last year film like because I watched all the preseason stuff right. So now I'm going back to last year's film to look at kind of formations and and you know what's their what are their go to runs like what do they what do they kind of hang their hat on. Um, you know what are their what what formations they run route combinations? How you know what do they look like basically with defensively? How do they show you you know from a coverage standpoint? What are they running most of the time? Are they are they running something on third down? Are they running something you know between the twenties? Do they get into something else in in you know in the red zone? What what are they doing type of thing right? And so that's kind of how I I break it down and I look at like. Guys and I'm like, oh, that guy's a really good player. Mark him down. I write him down, and then I realize, oh yeah, he's no longer on the roster, right? So there's there's that turnover that happens or turnover that happens. I yeah, you know, they didn't they didn't purge their roster. I mean, they bring everybody back, and remember, they were eight and five, and Tom Brady told me, he goes, listen, man, I'm I'm still trying to figure out this offense, and then they go on this run. And, you know, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady come from different schools where Bruce Arians wants to read everything based on the middle linebacker and the post safety after the snap. Tom wants motions and formations to say, hey, what are they? Are they in man? Are they in zone? What What's my read? What kind of leverage are they playing? He wants all that stuff pre-snap to get as much information as he can pre-snap so he knows the answers to the test post-snap and so this different philosophy of melding these two philosophies together and finding you know common ground where they can both be happy where Arians can get some of what he wants and Tom Brady can get a lot of what he wants and like i can't help but think they're just going to be better they're going to start where they left off and they're just going to continue to get better um I, I, I you know and then you talk about Green Bay and offensively what they are and how well Aaron Rodgers played in his MVP season. Stafford, as you know. Real quick, I,
1: let me jump in there. Yeah. Do, you, do you see any negative fallout from the Rodgers offseason drama? No. Rodgers loves to play football, and he loves being with his –
0: he's one of the dudes. He loves being with the guys. That, and And he actually likes their coaching staff. He just doesn't like the GM. He thinks the GM's a turd bucket. So, you know, I mean that—that's it. But but you don't like during the course of a season. You know how many times you see the GM. You you don't you don't go upstairs. You know where he's, you know, making phone calls and acting like a bigwig. You don't you don't see that, right? So he didn't come down and hang out in the locker room with you. So you don't really have a, you don't really have a relationship with that guy. So it doesn't it doesn't matter. But the bottom line to me is um, is I think Rodgers will have no effect on that. Defensively, I get a little nervous with Green Bay. Um, you know, new defensive coordinator, what are they going to be? How are they going to play? I think they've got some really good players. I think they've got a couple of really good DBs. Um, they played a lot of nickel and dime last year. They matched up dime to base personnel all the time. That was their former defensive coordinator and you can do a lot of that when you have Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback cuz you know points are going to come plenty, right? So you can be a little bit more of a gambling, you know, hey, we don't have to defend the run. Let's just try to make sure we we don't give up the big plays in the passing game. Um you know how I feel about Matt Stafford. I mean, I think he's an elite level quarterback that has never been on a elite never been part of an elite level franchise. I think
1: he for me, is one of the more fascinating, maybe one of the top five fascinating individuals in this league this season, because you're you're taking the belief certainly of Sean McVay and what they gave up to mm. get him, and people like yourself who believe he is elite, and then you got guys like me, like well, yeah, but he was in Detroit for 11 years and he never able, was really able to lift these guys, you know? I mean, his right. record is a below 500. So what is he? Is is he truly an elite guy who is just held back by the absolute cesspool that's Detroit? Yeah. Or is this guy overrated? Yeah. Well, let, you know, we're gonna I mean, we're, we're gonna find let out. Let me
0: let me throw it in in let me throw it into our realm or anybody's realm that's listening. You can be an elite level worker and you can be great at your job. If you work for a crappy organization, is it are you gonna shine? Are you really gonna reach? Are you really maximize your potential? and like not everybody can come in and change you know things um i i, w- I will tell you i will tell you this like all i need to know a guy that i have a ton of respect for bruce arians is a guy i have a ton of respect for i mean that guy has been that guy has been he's been great as a coordinator he's been great as a position coach he was a quarterback at virginia tech i think you know uh, was it virginia tech that he was a quarterback that he was a coach at temple Um, this guy has been in the league for 100 years. Bruce Arians, like, Bruce Arians is not impressed by much. And Bruce Arians will rip anybody's ass. He doesn't care who you are. There's no, there are are no golden gooses. And you saw him rip Brady's ass last year multiple times. Bruce Arians told me point blank, there's one dude that I came, uh, that I come out early. It was that I drag my fat ass out early to watch warm up. And that's Matthew Stafford. The way he throws the ball. High praise. And he's like he is he is tough as blank. He's like he's one of the toughest dudes because I have so much respect for him as a player. And you know there are a lot of guys who are who were or are great players that play in organizations where they never get the accolades or they never get the credit they actually deserve. And that has happened, you know, that, that's happened to a ton of guys who are Hall of Fame players that don't have the Hall of Fame kind of credentials or accolades or wins or whatever. I mean, Joe Thomas, I know we talk about Joe Thomas, and Joe Thomas, phenomenal football player, great football. He played in Cleveland. I think, I think he went to the playoffs one time in 12 years. I mean, he never missed a snap, for crying out loud. Like, so there are those guys that don't get the credit. I think you'll see Matthew Stafford all of a sudden. People people will be like on my way of thinking. Oh my God, I didn't realize that guy was elite.
1: He's elite. All right. Before we get to our picks for week one, Crystal it. NFC championship, AFC championship. Who goes to the Super Bowl? I'll give you mine first. Okay. AFC, I'm gonna go with Kansas City and Cleveland. Okay. In the AFC Championship game with Cleveland and that outstanding roster that they've built. Okay. Going to the Super Bowl. And in the NFC, I'm going to I'm going to buy into the the Rams and Matthew Stafford hype. I'm going to go uh Rams 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 and who? I'll go Rams and Green Bay with the Rams. Cleveland Rams Super Bowl. Wow. with the Rams winning it all? Uh, okay. I, um, yeah, I'll i go. I like Rams. I, I'll
0: go Rams. I'll go... Oh, did you go. Who'd you go Rams and who? Rams and Green Bay. Green Bay. Uh, I'll go Rams and Tampa. Okay. Um, I don't really want to go Tampa back. To... I don't want to go Tampa back. Sure you Super do. It's, it's Tommy. Oh, yeah. I love Tommy. You love Tommy. Rams and Tampa. I'll take Tampa. And then uh I'm going to go in the AFC. I like your Cleveland thing, but I'm going to go uh I'm going to go Bills. I'm going to go Bills and um you go Bills Browns? No, I'm going to go I'm going to go Bills Ravens.
1: Bills Ravens. Okay. Bills Ravens. You love yourself some John Harbaugh, don't you? With uh the Bills. Okay? And hey. so Bills and Bills and Rams. Tampa. Oh, Tampa. You got Tampa going. Okay. Bills yeah, and Tampa. Bills and Tampa. Oh, and? And
0: I'll take Tommy.
1: Tommy goes. Oh, my God. Tommy. I'm trying to get. I'm if trying Tommy to get, win, If Tommy wins another one.
0: Jeez. I'm going to go. Uh, can you imagine if if I get a Tampa game this year? I had four last year. Yeah. If I get a Tampa game and I'm face-to-face with Tom Brady in a production meeting, mm-hmm. that's too much handsome in one room. I guarantee
1: You're you. You'd be that. like, Tommy, Tommy, I picked you guys to win in our podcast at the beginning of the season. <laughs> all right, all right. Picks. I get to go first since you were good during the, you were better during the regular season, but I was better during the playoffs. And playoff time I is I won the time. overall, yes. Uh, and, and you know what? My graciousness
0: allows me to let you pick first. So go ahead.
1: All right. Uh, I'll give you credit. You have you have sold me on the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams minus seven and a half over the Red Rifle and the Bears. Andy Dalton. I'll take the seven and a half mm-hmm. there. I'll give that. I'm gonna take a, another team. You're gonna be on the San Francisco beat, and that that seems like a team that's ready for a big bounce back. I'll take San Francisco Ooh. minus the seven and a half. I like that Detroit. One. I wanted I wanted to take that one, but I can't. The, the rules of the game you can't double. You up. You pick first, yep. so I can't double up. And then I'm gonna take Green Bay minus three over the Saints in Jacksonville. I first of all, I just think Green Bay is a better team they got the better quarterback and boy that's that's asking a lot of a Saints team that's had to uh, mm-hmm. pack up and move and they're they're worried about what's right. going on back in New Orleans so give me Green Bay minus the 3 okay well i, I like that you're writing
0: these down so you yeah. got to you got to keep i'll be, sure. the keeper, okay. yeah. be the record keeper okay you'll be the record keeper All right, I'm going to go. My first game, I've got the uh, Eagles at the Falcons. I think the Eagles are somewhat of a hot mess. I don't think they figured out their systems yet. (laughs) And um, I don't think it's going to come down to rock, paper, scissors. So I'm going to go the Falcons. I think the Falcons are a talented team. They haven't had it together the last couple of years. Falcons minus three. I'll go in that direction. Then... You know, I still, I'm not a believer in the Bengals yet. Uh, I still think the Bengals have a lot to go, you know, a lot of work to do. I'm going to go Vikings, the way they run the ball. I know Zimmer will have that defense fixed to a certain degree. Um, I'm going to go Vikings giving three in Cincinnati to the Bengals. I like the Vikings there. And then lastly, uh, Seahawks traveling to the Colts. The Seahawks minus three right now. Um, I'm going to go Colts. I'm going to take the three and go with the Colts at home on that. So I think I've got the Colts, I've got the uh, Vikings, and I have the Falcons. All right, and I've got Green Bay, San
1: Francisco, and the Rams. All right. Yeah, it's, that's predictions sure to go wrong. Exactly. Uh, follow us at your own peril. Yes, exactly. <laughs> hey,
0: listen, for everybody involved in the Stinkin' Truth podcast, thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. For Mike, myself, for Millennial Ben, thank you. And we're going to start doing two a week uh, starting next week. So uh, make sure you tune in, subscribe, and and let all your friends know. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week.